and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, Caleb, Luke, and I are going to get scary and scarier for the Halloween holiday coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus, the special presentation by Marvel. Uh, first and foremost, hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hi. All right, so without without going into anything, I, I cannot wait. I don't know how you guys feel about this. Uh, we did not watch it together. We have not talked about it, and I have been waiting to hear your opinion. So uh, let's go with Luke. What did you think about Werewolf by Night? I actually really liked it. Awesome. I was surprised at how much I liked it, honestly. Um, I didn't know what to expect going into it because I had only watched the one trailer and it sort of seemed like a comedy at times. And then other parts of it were kind of spooky. And it wasn't really a comedy. Like, there were some funny parts to it. But, you know, I was a little skeptical, especially at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I sort of, I don't know, I really like the weird, creepy aspect to it. Because I'm not a big horror film guy. I sort of find them predictable and boring. Mm. And not that this one had a lot of, like, different twists and turns. But I just really liked the feel of it. I am glad you did. I'm going to ask Caleb now before I say what I have to say. My favorite thing about Werewolf by Night was Snuffleupagus. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I meant Ted. Ted, I liked him a lot. I thought it was cool. I thought it was different. Um, still had human hands, just really big. This yeah. five digits. I was hoping it would be a little different. Mm. And uh, he needs to see a manicurist ASAP. Um <laughs> But I, like Luke, am not big into the horror films. I think I watched, um, what's the movie, with Sandra Bullock, where you're covering your eyes. Um, oh, yeah, Bird Box? Bird Box, there Bird, you go. Is it? Yeah, Bird Box. Which is um, pretty impressive because I haven't seen Bird Box. I just know that it exists. Thank you. Um, but that's not necessarily a horror film. Suspenseful. It's suspenseful. But that's the extent of my my dipping of my toe in the the the, the shallow end, you know? Of any horror film, I don't like to do the the what is it called slasher, slasher, anything like that. Um, but I thought this was a good amount. I it was gory out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I thought that was wild to be. It was Marvel, mm-hmm. and that was completely out of left field. I want to know if they're gonna say this is part of some multiverse. I think that'd be very funny. Um, but I liked that it wasn't just a surface level thing. They gave a little uh, history with the Bloodstone mm-hmm. and why it was just a big deal it wasn't just something yeah um and then it it was it was jack right jack yes jack and elsa are in this like sort of like tomb area right and they get you get to learn a little bit more through that dialogue and then it doesn't just sort of fix itself it's not just something they're doing on screen where it's like oh no you have to accept this for what it is there's a reason why elsa's helping there's a reason why jack is helping elsa right and then we get to see sort of mayhem that um follows when snuffleupagus escapes um but i don't know i i I think i would watch it again for the halloween time Mm. which is the 30th to the 31st not all october like the world wants you to believe but um 
It was good. Rewatchable. Well, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. I, too, enjoyed it. Uh, and I think it did exactly what it wanted to do when it wanted to do it. And it was very, very effective at, at what it did. I like it. It's sort of a good example of why I really enjoy Marvel because Marvel can be your straightforward superhero movie with cool effects and great action and stunts and quippy one-liners uh, but it can also be bonkers. Like, it, again, I, I'm not, I don't come from a comic background, but I know enough about Marvel Comics to know nothing was off the table when they, if you want to find weird, zany storylines, you're going to find them in Marvel because they're called the House of, Idea, of Ideas. So they have a werewolf character. They have vampire characters. They... Uh, as you like to call him, Caleb, Snuffleupagus. <laughs> His name is Man Thing, also Ted. But Man Thing, fun fact, uh, people like to um, compare Man Thing and Swamp Thing from DC. But Man Thing preceded Swamp Thing by two months. I come to find out. So uh, Marvel has the uh, has the dibs on <laughs> the Man Thing, Swamp Thing, whatever. Uh, and yes, he was a scientist who was named Ted. That was doing something with chemicals. It went wrong and he turned into the man thing. That's why his name is Ted. And uh, I kept on wanting to say, have you met Ted? How I Met Your Mother reference. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, uh, So like you guys said, what it set out to do, it did. And it was entertaining. It was fun. It was perfectly placed. Like you guys, I'm not a big horror guy. The scariest thing I'll watch is like um, Stranger Things. That's that's about as as scary as it gets for me. Uh, Although as a kid... I watched all the Freddy Krueger. I watched the Friday the 13th. I watched all those movies, but I just sort of I changed interests. Not that I grew out of it or anything. I just changed interest, and it's not something that I've really consumed, like those slasher films and stuff. But what was that other one um, with uh, John Krasinski and um, A Quiet Place? I haven't. I watched that, but I have not watched the second one. So that's that goes to show you my level of consumption when it comes to uh, scary suspense and horror. Uh, But this was right on. I think it was really good. So I, I read about this a long time ago and it's all coming back to me now, but I'm pretty sure that man thing and swamp thing were created by two people who were best friends who lived in the same exact apartment and sold their ideas to their respective Marvel and DC employers, yeah, like days apart or something. And there's there's like a huge fight between like who was the first to create it and who stole the idea and whatever, because they both have similar names and similar styles and their stories are all very similar. But um, I don't know a ton about Man Thing. But I do know that Swamp Thing, if they're anything similar, Swamp Thing can open up, like, portals that travel through, like, dimensions and stuff. Wait, no, I do remember, because Man-Thing can do that, because in the Deadpool comics, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool uses Man-Thing to open up a portal so that he can travel into the real world 
and kill the writers of the Deadpool comics. <laughs> and that's super random, but it's really interesting to me that they brought in a character like that. And, you know, they made it very clear in the very beginning that this was not going to be tied into the MCU, right? They even say, like, you know, the stories of the heroes. What about these guys, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if they wanted to bring in Man-Thing to this to the MCU or in any capacity with any of these characters, they definitely could because Man-Thing is capable of it. Well, um, are you ready to have your mind blown then with, with respect to what you just said? Yes. Kevin Feige, a.k.a. the... Um, the artificial intelligence robot that builds the MCU. Moving on. Kevin Feige has gone on record in interviews saying that this show introduces things that will become important down the road. So while the introduction talked about, you know, that start, I was sort of surprised. It's the first thing we see is the Avengers. <laughs> Right, but then it goes to tell you, no, this is what's happening in the shadows. It's still there. So, like the brilliant Disney Plus show She-Hulk introduced so many different uh, characters to the MCU. This has done so as well. So, the werewolf, Ted, Elsa Bloodstone, whoever else survived um, this whole episode thing, uh, they're there. They're out there, and um, I think Ted. And um, Jack, they're going to go get some sushi, right? They're going to go uh, have a lunch. I love that Snuffleupagus likes sushi. I'm going to reach out to robot Kevin Feige and see if I can grab some sushi with him. I'm sure he will be fine with that as long as you don't build them because their um, <laughs> special effects are expensive. Uh, but also you brought up the multiverse aspect of it. I, I did a little bit of looking into Man-Thing too, And yeah, he does have multiversal connections. So it's interesting that he shows up. You know, there's a lot of monsters in, in Marvel. They could have used any monster they wanted in this episode to be what that was, but they chose to introduce Man-Thing who has multiversal connections in the phase that the multiverse is being rolled out. So I don't know if it's all connected, but it could be all connected. At any rate, it was fun. Um, so we, we meet Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, we see the Bloodstone. Uh, we, we realize, you know, they tell us that she's got some, some family history. Uh, this, to me, seemed like, you know, this is all like an homage to the old monster movies have you guys seen any of those, like the Draculas or the or the 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 werewolf movie, the um, Invisible Man, uh, Frankenstein? Have you seen any of them? I've seen Dracula. I don't know which one because there are so many, but I've seen an old Dracula movie. Was it black and white? It was black and white. I have seen um, the Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein. Oh. And I actually enjoyed that. Um, and I think I've seen The Invisible Man, but I'm not totally sure. Because I remember in middle school, one of our teachers would, at the end of the year, was like showing us movies because that's what you do at the end of the year. Yes. And she was like playing some of like the classic movies that she grew up watching or something, and she was really into those. So you saw monster movies in elementary school at, in a classroom? Middle school. Oh, middle school? I, I thought you couldn't remember middle school. It patches. 
<laughs> or like um like uh the like the Linus from uh from Andor says pockets. Um I've seen I think I've seen Frankenstein. I think I've seen like the one of the first ones very black and white and they were trying to do it in Werewolf by Night where it has like the little ring of light that just pops up to make it look like staticky sort of. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um the other one that I've seen about werewolves, it's really scary. Uh, oh, Twilight. I've seen that. That's very scary. Werewolves. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Any chance you get to bring up Twilight, you, you're a super fan of Twilight. I, it's great. I love it. I, it takes one to know one. <laughs> um, jokes aside, I've seen Adam's Family. Uh the original ones. Oh, loved the it. TV show, yeah. Love, love, love it. Yeah. Um, I also remember the remake with, I believe it's Doc from... Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Adam's Family. Uh, yeah, from Back to the Future. Yeah, Christopher Back to the Boy Future. There you go. Yeah. Pastor. Really, really like that, too. Um, <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, but that's pretty much all I've dabbled with. I don't really do horror movies in general. Um, fun fact that there is a new Netflix show called Wednesday that is coming out that's based on Adam's family and it looks very dark. It looks very dark. Uh, not, not necessarily scary, but just the comedy and the humor in it looks very dark. So I'd hope so. Cause Wednesday is very dark. She likes to, she likes to wear very dark clothes. You're absolutely right. Uh, and she dances very well. You know, the Wednesday dance <laughs> that's taking the nation by storm. Um, one of the cool things I thought, so this is, this is presented to us as a special presentation. Um, are you guys familiar at all with that concept, like a special presentation? And if you are, did it, are you, are you, let's go with it that way. Are you familiar with that as a concept, special presentation? Not really. Somewhat. Okay. So what do you know about it? I remember around the holidays, like this time of year, and and then around like Christmas, Disney Channel <laughs> would have these special presentations, and they would say it. They would say it would be like instead of running the normal show or whatever, they would uh, have a special presentation where they would play something different, and it would sort of be like timely to whatever's going on during that time of year or whatever. And then I also remember like the Hallmark Channel and then um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the They changed the name of it, but it was like the ABC, the ABC but it was, what would they say, the, um, the Family Network or something. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. Um, I can't remember it. But they would have special yeah, presentations yeah. and where it would be something it was – typically like a one-time thing or something, and it was just always like based on the season or that time of year or something. So, yes, that that is that was what I was basically going for uh, because before TV died and was consumed by binge-watching and... Um, Disney. And no, that Netflix. What are you talking about? Uh, before it was consumed by streaming, uh, you know, back when I was a kid... I mean, you guys grew up with like 185 channels, and that's probably half of what really existed. I grew up with like 2 through 13, and they didn't even have con- like consecutive numbers. It was 
2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13. And they showed things for six months, and then they showed those same things again for six months. But it was just a repeat of what you had just fin finished watching for six months. Every once in a while, like you said, Luke, around Halloween, around Christmas, around Thanksgiving, you would get a special presentation mm -hmm. of something. So when I saw that this was being branded as a special presentation, I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's a cool idea. So now that we've established what that is, thank you very much, um, what do you think about it applied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because, you know, we spend a good chunk of time talking about these series on a weekly basis, right? We've, we've gone through just on the podcast, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. Uh, and before that, we had, you know, Loki, WandaVision, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and all these other shows, Hawkeye. How can I forget Hawkeye with my wonderful Rogers the Musical? Um, and they've all served their purposes, but I think that this is a really unique way of introducing something that may not need an entire series, might not be long enough for a movie, but then they're able to introduce some ideas and some characters. What did you guys think of it in that through that lens uh, as far as growing the MCU? I really like it because it's like a palate cleanse. And the MCU has just been so superpowers and heroes driven as long as they've been very popular. And I think it's really cool that they are now getting into, they have the platform now to not have to put it in theaters. They can put it on a streaming service for whoever wants to watch it. They can watch it whenever they want. And then when you put that special presentation on it, people want to watch it around the holiday that it seemed, right? So I liked that they did it very different. It wasn't like there was a random like Captain America cameo or anything. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I really like it because it was different. And I like it because we've gotten used to so many different shows that I don't want it. I don't want to say that they're going to become diluted, but I like that Marvel isn't just superheroes; that they have all sorts of different kinds of comics, and this is one of them. And now they're able to like publish them, similar to like a comic book in itself, as its own show, where people don't have to go to anywhere other than their living room or even just reach into their pocket and use their phone. So I liked it a lot. Very good points. Luke? I wish they would take this approach with more things. Oh, interesting. Because, like, She-Hulk is over, and I'm not going to keep letting it live rent-free in my head. But they were trying to do something different with it. And, and I completely succeeded on all levels. Sure. They wanted to do something different with it. Yes. Did they need to take it as long as they did to they do it? They should have taken longer. <laughs> Debatable. But not... I, it, I don't say this is a bad thing, but not every show or not every character needs to have a show. It's true. Right? It's true. And I think it's sort of taking away from the value of some of it. Where, you know, every character is getting their own show now and, you know, you get, you don't just get your day in the sun anymore. You get eight or six to eight weeks of episodes okay. where, yeah, people talk about that. And I think that, like, it's okay to have an hour long short movie. 
That's mm-hmm. it. If that's the story you're trying to tell. If you need more time to tell that story, then fine, because mm-hmm. some of the shows have needed more than just one hour. But I think a lot of it could be trimmed down and cut out and made to be different. And I think it would be more enjoyable because then you wouldn't have two or three weeks in a row where you're sort of losing interest because, you know, it got a little slow. Like even in Moon Knight, I, looking back, I really, I enjoyed Moon Knight, but I started to lose interest a little bit after a couple episodes because there was just back to back weeks where it didn't really move the plot forward. And I think Moon Knight was one of the better shows. So compare that to other shows, I think a lot of people lose interest over time. So I think when you just give them, we release this just once, hour, you can even go a little over an hour if you'd like, you get the ability for people to talk about it. It has its time and then it moves on. And if you want to have a part two to it or you want to you know, add to it or whatever, you can but not everything needs to be in the limelight for eight weeks, right? This coming from a kid who was raised on the Clone Wars, <laughs> where we would have three episodes, a three-episode arc. In the first episode, I mean, they literally had an episode where droids were lost in a void planet. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your phone away from you. You're spending too much time on Twitter. Your attention span has shrunk smaller than Ant Man in the Quantum Realm. I'm I don't I don't who are you? I don't know you. I'm just joking. I will not entertain a conversation where we compare She Hulk to Star Wars the Clone Wars. You brought it up. You brought it up. This was this was the avenue you went down. And if I want to compare She-Hulk, the best Disney Plus show, Marvel Disney Plus show, I will do so because that's my prerogative. It's called the Colby Cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the spot. So going. I mean, we're sort of off the rails, uh, like uh, like that flying eraser in Andor, uh, and the eye. Uh, but yes. The special presentation, I agree with both of you. I think it's a really effective way to do something like this. And Luke, you're right. Not every character needs six to 12 episodes to watch week after week. Um, And they also don't need a full-fledged movie. Uh, But this is a really cool and fun uh, way to introduce these types of these types of things. Um, so let's you know we've been talking about the show, but we really haven't been talking about the show. Uh, Caleb, clearly your favorite uh, your favorite character is Snuffleupagus. You've said that, but what other characters stood out to you um, beyond Manthing? Jack sort of goes without saying, and he's trying to help from a place of probably familiarity with Ted. They're both monsters. They're probably shunned in this world and all this different stuff. And they're literally excluded by the the stone, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I liked him a lot because he was just trying to be helpful. I don't think my mind even went to the skeptic side like I always do, where he meets Elsa and is trying to befriend her to try and make sure he can kill her so that his friend Ted can escape because it just seemed like Jack is just a genuine guy. And at no point did I think, Oh, he's definitely the werewolf, you know? Mm. Um, 
And just his character overall just seemed very kind and understanding of how his night side, his his full moon side, the damage that guy can do. And the best way I can describe it without trying to bring superheroes into this is like <laughs> is like Hulk. Yeah. It was Hulk and Banner. It was them mm-hmm. in the same body, but yeah. there were there were there was no connection until more recently. I found this on the web. Sorry, Siri, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um with Jack, he is sort of compensating for the bad that he knows the werewolf can do. And he helps Elsa in the cage. Yeah. And he's like, just don't break eye contact. And yeah. he's he's sort of feeling her up, smelling her, doing all this different stuff. And he she's confused, like, what are you doing? Yeah, she doesn't know he's, a, he's about to turn into a werewolf. Yeah. Exactly. She has no reason to think this is normal behavior. Um, and it's so he can protect her and not harm her even when he doesn't necessarily have control. So that's why I liked Jack a lot. And then I really liked how they made him in a werewolf. I really thought it was going to be cheesy. Mm. I was afraid it was going to be cheesy. And when he hid on like the sort of like headstones or whatever the the things were on the decorations on the wall, I liked that you couldn't just point it out. It's like, oh, he's standing right there. Come on. I liked that his eyes glowed. I liked that he wasn't just like, Jacob from Twilight. He wasn't just this dog, you know? He was a werewolf. Yeah. He was part human, part werewolf. Yeah. And you could see that in the way that he stood. I like that he sort of had like that hunchback, grizzled, scary type of feel, but you're also really rooting for him the whole time. So even when he got scary and was going through all this like security, you were still like, okay, he's not a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um I, I too like Jack and um not sure if you guys are aware of this, but his full name is Jack Russell. And mm. uh, and I think that's very funny because there's a thing called Jack Russell Terriers. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And you know for a hundred a hundred percent the reason he's named Jack Russell is because of the Terriers, and it's because he's a dog, he's a werewolf, which uh for all the same reasons that you just brought up, I also enjoyed Jack's character. I thought, uh, as much as I, I, like I said, I used to really enjoy those, you know, Freddy Krueger type of movies, and then I sort of changed interests. I, I've always enjoyed vampires, uh, also werewolves. I think werewolves are a really interesting character because of the the chaos that can come with it. He mentioned, and it made me think of it. He mentioned that he locks himself. He knew exactly when the full moon was going to be. It's not going to be five days from now. But but he wasn't aware that that bloodstone could change him. And he even told her, like, we're fine. you know. And she's like, what do you do when there's a full moon? He's like, I lock myself in a room, right? And that's how many movies have been made where the werewolf is like that and, the, and it gets out. That's the interesting thing about werewolf characters is the human version has zero control. And then they have to take measures to protect people because they can't do anything about it. It's really interesting. I don't remember seeing it, so you can completely cut me off and tell me I'm wrong. But I really liked that he didn't howl. There mm-hmm. was no there was no full moon for him to howl at, mm-hmm. and there's no reason for it. But I just think that's the overdone werewolf thing. You always see them turn into this hairy beast and automatically howl. Well, no, he turned into a hairy beast and vanished, and then came back and killed everybody, right? But he didn't just go and just, oh, you know. The Colby Cast logo literally has a howling wolf on it, and now you made me sad because you know you're just saying you know what you're saying. But it's not the. It's a great logo. <laughs> it's a great logo. Let me put my 
my my pump back in in your head. Let me inflate your head a little bit more. That's that's not what I'm saying. I know what you're the saying. werewolf side of cinematic anything shows movies whatever you always see him just go oh right and i'm really glad they didn't and now that you bring it up you should be able to add a audio clip to twitter profiles so when people open it 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 helps that would be cool i think i read somewhere that instagram is is testing um being able to put a song on your profile i don't know what that means (laughs) no clue but uh, that would be cool to have a howling wolf uh for the colby cast logo because we do have a howling wolf but I mean an actual howling wolf. Yeah. But he's going to be consumed by a turkey here pretty soon because because <laughs> <laughs> the season is changing. But um, at any rate, uh, so yes, Jack Russell, cool character, liked it. Luke, what was a character that stood out to you? Or maybe you have thoughts on Jack Russell too. Let's hear them. I liked Elsa a lot. And this is weird, but I didn't dislike any characters. Yeah. Even the characters who didn't have a huge role. I mean, there weren't many characters to begin with, but... Even the characters who didn't have a huge role, I just really liked the uh, the vibe that they brought. And I'm a big fan of, like, secret societies and stuff. One day I'd like to be in one. <laughs> and, every, like, nobody really broke from character. No one really had, like, a hidden agenda other than those two. Yeah. And um, it was... I think every character sort of served its purpose really well, and I don't think there was a weak character at all. And I like the idea of it being somewhat open-ended because they're like, oh, you know, Elsa didn't want any part part of this, but now her dad's dead and she's back. And, you know, they can sort of explore that avenue, especially now that she has the bloodstone and whatever. Um, but she was she was all, all business, no play. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't mess around and... But she still had a personality, which was cool. And she also walked into a room where they talked about everyone having 17 kills, 50 kills, 30 kills. And then she was like, yeah, I want nothing to do with this. And then she just goes out and chops a dude's hand off and <laughs> kicks him in the head and all this other stuff. So she she knew what she was doing. She could handle herself. Yeah, Yeah, she was really cool. Uh, I I liked that weapon that she ended up pulling off of that um, that chopped off hand, which almost looked like a a wrist a wrist nail gun, right? I don't know what the thing was shooting, but it, it was lethal and and scary. I thought that was very functional too. You know, you just point it uh, where you want to shoot, and then you shoot it. So Elsa was also a good character. Honorable mention to uh, Ulysses Bloodstone, which I thought. When that guy started cranking that that bar and opening up the coffin, I was not really prepared for what we were about to see, and I had no idea we were going to see like a Disneyland animatronic, which um, I thought was fun and creepy and gross. Uh, one thing that I just thought of, it, the whole thing was fun and creepy and gross. I think that's that's like the three word review yeah. for uh, for Werewolf by Night: fun, creepy, and gross. But I'm glad it was in black and white because if this thing, if the whole thing was in color, there's no way it would have been TV 14. <laughs> there's too much blood being spilled left and right um, by that thing. Uh, I also thought an- another fun thing was the logo. Um, when it started like the typical Marvel thing with the logo reveal, 
some claws slashed through it and it started to turn to black and white. And then the music changed and it got sort of choral, like they had uh, a chorus singing rather than just music playing, which really got us into this mindset of this different story that they were telling us. So all of that was uh, really well thought out, very well executed, and was because of that, that kind of stuff is the director, right? The director of this show is Michael Giacchino, who is a composer. This is the first thing he's ever um, uh, directed. And we've talked about Michael Giacchino on the show before. Uh, and I thought he did a wonderful job going from a composer to now directing a live action special like this. With that said, the music was great too. I think it was very well timed. It was like the typical like screeching sounds at the right times and stuff. But it wasn't, to me, it wasn't just a copy paste of every horror or tried to be horror film in the past. I thought it was just really, I don't know, this is an understatement, but it was nice. It wasn't anything that was too over the top. He wasn't trying to do too much. It was satisfying. Exactly. That's the perfect word for it. Dumb Caleb. Nice. That's the word you use. I need to start reading the dictionary. You are nice, so don't call yourself dumb. (laughs) Uh, But you told me a couple weeks ago, or I think when the trailer came out about Werewolf by Night, that Michael Giacchino was going to be it. Didn't recognize the name until you told me. And for this to be his first, I think he should do more. Maybe not necessarily like just this genre. I would be curious to see what he would do in other things and larger scale maybe. But I don't know anybody who could just do it for the first time and be successful, you know? So I'm sure he has a very strong team around him nonetheless, but it was just very good quality. I think it's an interesting perspective that somebody that it comes from his background as a composer can bring to uh, the director's chair because, you know, I always, you know, I can't, it's unavoidable for me to think of anyone else as a composer except for uh, John Williams, right? He's the guy. Uh, But he always talks about this unique perspective that he, they, he, a composer, he or she tells their own story They enhance the story we're watching. So then to watch a composer go from that perspective to the other perspective, um, I thought, you know, it could have been a big (laughs) plate of poop and it wasn't. He did a great job. It sort of makes me think like the sort of music side of what came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm. Did you write the lyrics first and then Mm. compose the music or did the music inspire the lyrics? I'm wondering maybe he was sitting on this this what do you call it the music in a, in a the score score yeah um did he have the score and then he was inspired with this and i'm not sure i want to think maybe he had some sound bites here and there and he was putting it together and it was fitting they were fitting the movie into the music instead of the music into the movie because i would think that would be really cool because composers i believe always do the music after to fit yeah, the scene exactly. so I would like I would love to be able to see something in the reverse way. I it just makes me wonder like whose idea was this? Who yeah. who had the idea of like let's have Michael Giacchino direct this because to me it's a stroke it's a stroke of brilliance because he did such a great job. He brings a unique perspective and he really hit a home run. He hit the 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 ball right out of the park, which unfortunately the Dodgers couldn't do very much of. So we are We don't talk about that. We're not talking about Bruno, so um <laughs> Go Padres. No, 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 boy. Go away. (laughs) Peace. Peace, love, and chicken grease. (laughs) 
Um, well, you know, I'm, any final thoughts, anything else that you'd like to uh, share about Werewolf by Night before we, we end off this episode? What are you going to dress up for Halloween this year? A couch potato. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. What about you, Luke? Before Luke answers that, I'm just going to clarify. Um, <laughs> it'll just be with shorts and a t-shirt because couch potatoes wear that, right? I want you to get an old sofa, maybe like Goodwill, and just get one cushion, clean it really, really well, and then just cut holes in like the top and the sides so your legs can go through and it just like covers your body. And then now you're just a couch cushion. You're standing in it. I think that would be very funny. That's a very good idea. But I think that I would do that to a brand new couch. <laughs> I have inflatable T-Rex costume, so it looks like I'm riding the T-Rex. Which I have seen in real life, as the kids call it, IRL. <laughs> and <laughs> that's amazing costume. Can I have your permission live on air to take a picture of that and send it out to all of our wonderful listeners so they can see you in your Halloween costume? Yeah, sure. Oh, also, I have my costume from last year if you'd like to borrow it. It's toast. No, no, no. I like the couch potato. Caleb, what are you going to be for Halloween? It's in progress, but my girlfriend, she's going to be Paddington Bear, but she's going to be in vacation, on vacation in a different country. So I might just make my own and be a, a, a sheet and not be a sheet, but put a sheet over me and be a ghost or just break out old costumes. I'm not sure. First of all, um, Brittany is on holiday, oh not on vacation because she is going to the other side of the pond. And she's like the fourth person that I'm aware of that is going the other side of the pond this year. Uh, so hopefully she has a wonderful time, but she's on holiday. That is not vacation. Um, so you're undecided as far as your costume goes? Because she was going to be, because she is going to be Paddington, I was going to try and makeshift a um, long distance picture of some sort where I'm marmalade. So you think Paddington Bear, you think marmalade, much like Winnie the Pooh, you think of honey. But I don't know exactly what marmalade looks like. So am I just... Make people use their imagination. Uh, <laughs> um, or I might just go the Jim Halpert route and put <laughs> and put three black circles on my shirt and then say I'm a three-hole punch and hope nobody punches me. <laughs> well, no, I, I can't guarantee that. My senior year of high school, I got red duct tape and I taped fear onto my sweater because if you remember um Dwight takes Ryan to his farm and makes Ryan wrestle come, this is on the office on the office yeah everything's about the office <laughs> this is um, office podcast obviously uh he, <laughs> he wants him to wrestle his cousin Moe's who has fear taped to his chest so that he can conquer fear <laughs> and I wore that and no one got it. Absolutely nobody understood what it was. And I got so many weird looks the entire day until I go to my last class of the day where I had my physics teacher come up to me and compliment my costume. And he was the weirdest person I've ever met. And I said, oh, are you a big Office fan? And he goes, no, what's that? <laughs> I remember that day vividly, and 
I remember being so scared because I was sure you were going to be sent home. I was sure you were going to be made to turn it inside out. I didn't know what was going to happen, and you did that, and nothing happened, so it was very um, anticlimactic. But. One of my favorite costumes as a kid was being a Power Ranger, and it had, like, stuffed abs and, like, pecs for the muscles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was so funny, and then my friends would come up to me and punch me and be like, oh, are these your real muscles? And I just remember, like, telling them I'm a Power Ranger, I'm going to beat them up, so they need to stop, but also hurting a lot. <laughs> but then we we had, like, I think it was elementary school. We lined up in the yard, and everybody everybody's class walked around, like, where everybody did laps when they were doing track or whatever, and it was our version of like a Halloween parade. Per- parade. Yeah, yeah. It was like a Halloween parade. And there were so many other Power Rangers, and I was so mad. But I remember I was I was the red one, wasn't I? Yeah, we can go with that. Whatever color I was, I just don't remember it. I remember being the only one, and that was a little bit of a consolation. That's right. That's right. Um, ironically, the, you guys are too young probably to remember this, but ironically. Um, Luke, who is a big Batman fan, and you, Caleb, who is a big Superman fan, we have a picture of a Halloween where, Caleb, you were Batman and Luke was Superman. We call that maturing, and having a better opinion comes with maturity. I call that one of the cutest pictures I've (laughs) ever taken, or maybe Mom took it, and um, I would love to tweet that too, but I'm not sure if you guys want that. But that is... That is an amazing picture. Love it. Uh, Batman and Superman. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for, for Werewolf by Night and our Halloween episode. Thank you guys for sharing some of your uh, your Halloween memories and your, your costumes. Um, we have our candy. We're ready to go. And I hope everybody that's out there listening to us, well, first of all, hope you enjoyed our conversation about Werewolf by Night. Um, secondly, we hope you guys all have a fun and safe Halloween. If you are in a place that does... Halloween. If if not, I hope you have a wonderful October thirty first. Uh, because you know, you know, fall is here. It's starting to get cooler. It's not going to be in the nineties going forward. So we're happy about that. You had something you wanted to say. And for those who celebrate Dia de los Muertos, Feliz Dia de los Muertos. That's right, Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Watch Coco. Maybe we should do that. We should watch Coco on Halloween and on Dia de los Muertos. Why don't we just record a podcast live with the audio in the background? Totally kidding. <laughs> I want to do that. Actually, you know, we just watched Coco yesterday, last night. Nice. We did. I love that movie. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it. Thank you all again, and happy Halloween. Happy all, happy, happy days to all of you. And thanks again for listening to the Colby Cast. Take care. You can find the Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, Donkey. That'll do.